0: Good morning. It's Thursday, March 25th. I'm Shumita Basu.
1: And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them.
0: Democrats and Republicans are in a political battle to reshape voting rights, On the left, you have Democrats trying to pass a major voting rights bill that would make voter registration automatic, loosen state ID laws, expand access to mail-in ballots, and a lot more.
1: On the right, you have Republicans launching a multi-state effort to tighten voting rules. Now, at the core of the Republican argument is this idea that after the 2020 election, Americans lost faith in the voting system and that that faith needs to be restored. Here's Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell.
0: We can't afford to go further down this road. We should be finding ways to rebuild trust, not destroy it further. But as The Guardian points out, let's not lose sight of why so many Americans lost faith in the process. It's because of former President Trump's repeated lies that the election was stolen, lies that many Republicans echoed. Here's how Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer describes the situation.
1: Republican-led state legislatures have seized on the former president's big lie that the election was stolen and introduced more than 250 bills in 43 states aimed at tightening voting rules under the guise, the guise of election integrity.
0: By the way, it's pretty unusual for Schumer and McConnell to show up at a committee hearing, so this is a sign that both sides see voting reform as a big deal.
1: The Guardian also looks at what's happening at the state level. For example, you know how people often stand in line outside of a polling station to vote? Well, there's a bill in Georgia that would make it illegal to hand out water or snacks to them. And another proposal would allow anyone to bring unlimited challenges against a person's ballot. Critics are saying these proposals specifically target black voters, who were a key part of turning Georgia blue during the past election cycle.
0: The Guardian also points out Republicans nationwide already have an electoral advantage heading into 2022, the power to redraw congressional districts. Republican control of state legislatures gives them the ability to map out districts across 18 states to change district lines in ways that favor Republican candidates. The voting rights bill that Democrats are backing would put redistricting into the hands of independent commissions
1: courts are another key force to consider here. The Guardian notes, under Trump, courts grew even more conservative and increasingly sided with states. The Supreme Court declined to stop partisan gerrymandering as recently as 2019. And in 2020, they shot down multiple challenges to Republican state laws aimed at restricting access to the polls. Virginia once executed more people than any other state, but now that's over. Yesterday, Governor Ralph Northam signed a bill that outlaws the death penalty. Virginia's history, we have much to be proud of, but not the history of
0: capital punishment. The legal news site The Appeal explains what this development means for Virginia and for the rest of the country, The death penalty has become less popular over the years in Virginia. Public officials who defended capital punishment in the past are now speaking out against it. And for the past 10 years, there have been no death sentences in the state.
1: Numbers from the Death Penalty Information Center show 22 states already abolished capital punishment and an additional 12 have not executed anyone in at least a decade. But what this means is the death penalty is still legal in a majority of states. Now, at the federal level, there were no executions for close to 20 years. That is until the last few months of Trump's presidency. His administration executed 13 people.
0: Virginia is the first southern state to get rid of the death penalty. The appeal spoke with several Virginians who see a clear connection between abolishing capital punishment and protests for racial justice after the death of George Floyd last year. Since 1976, when the U.S. Supreme Court reinstated capital punishment, nearly half of the people executed in Virginia were black.
1: When it comes to capital punishment, this state has a long history of racial inequality. The appeal explains, before the Civil War, enslaved black people could be legally executed for more types of crimes than white people, who only face the death penalty in first-degree murder cases.
0: Right now in Virginia, there are only two people on death row, Anthony Juniper and Thomas Porter. Both are Black men. But now that this bill has been signed into law, their sentences will be changed to life in prison. Mike Pence dressed as a gladiator a decapitated Pikachu, an ocean spray cranberry juice bottle the size of a skyscraper. These are just some of the scenes depicted in digital art pieces by a man known as Beeple. And these pieces are rocking the art world right now. The New Yorker
1: spoke with Beeple. The guy's real name, by the way, is Mike Winkleman. And recently, a mosaic of his work sold for more than $69 million at Christie's auction. It was the third most expensive piece of artwork ever sold by a living artist. And it's not even something you can hang on your wall. This piece exists only as a digital file.
0: That's right. People sold this art as an NFT, a non-fungible token. And if you aren't familiar with NFTs, I'll just give you a very short explainer. They use the same technology that's behind digital currency like Bitcoin. So when you buy an NFT, you get proof of ownership of a digital thing. And that can be rights to a digital image or an MP3 file or even the first ever tweet by Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, which sold for $2.9 million this week.
1: And that's exactly what Beeple is doing. He's selling his digital art for sky-high prices, and the traditional gatekeepers of the art world, they aren't happy about this. First, they don't really consider what he does to be art. They're calling his work garish or even gruesome.
0: Some critics compare Beeple to the Dada pioneer Marcel Duchamp or the contemporary artist Damien Hirst, but others are not fans of his. An art critic for The New York Times denounced his art for, quote, violent erasure of human values and its reliance on childish humor. A critic at Artnet said work like Beeple's will have the shelf life of Taco Bell leftovers, which is pretty brutal.
1: (laughs) But a Christie specialist in contemporary art tells The New Yorker that Beeple's early NFT sales put him on the map, and Christie's decided it had more to gain than lose by dabbling in the NFT market. As for people himself, he doesn't really identify as an artist, at least not until recently. But he says he has a newfound interest in art history.
0: A few years ago, Dan Pashman, who hosts the food podcast The Sporkful, was getting bored of eating the same old pasta shapes. Spaghetti, penne, it just wasn't really cutting it for him anymore. So Pashman decided he wanted to create something new.
1: So this man spent three years researching, tasting, designing, and cataloging pasta. He was trying to come up with the perfect new pasta shape.
0: If you were to ask me which has kept me up at night more over the past three years, my actual children are this pasta shape... (laughs) It would be a tough call.
1: <laughs> he talked with Rachel Martin on NPR's Morning Edition about his criteria for creating the ideal
0: shape. I have these three metrics that I've come up with by which I judge all pasta shapes. So there's forkability, like how well does it stay on the fork? Right. Sauceability, how well does sauce stick to it? And tooth sink ability, like how satisfying is it to sink your teeth into it? <laughs> I love it when people are able to make a fake science out of something, like forkability (laughs) as a metric. That's great. Well, he finally settled on a pasta shape that he's decided to call cascatelli, which means little waterfalls. Okay, it's like a short, flat strip, and it's curled on one end. And all along the edges, it's got these ruffles, sort of like lasagna does. And he says that the key to it is the right angle that's formed where the ruffles meet the main strip of the pasta, which is really uncommon in most other pastas. Okay, I just did such a bad job of that. You really have to just go look at a picture. You can see it on the Apple News app.
1: I'm looking at it right now. To me, it looks like a little wrinkled tongue. If you're interested, (laughs) (laughs) if you're interested in learning more about how Cascatelli came to be, Pashman has a five-part series about inventing this new pasta on his podcast, The Sporkful. It's already getting so much buzz that the wait to get this pasta is up to 10 weeks.
0: You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app.
1: And while you're there, check out some of our audio stories.
0: We'll talk with you again tomorrow.